Every picture, pictures ain't my thing, but I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes. So listen close, this one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins, all humans alike. Let's take a second to remind us. Okay, we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. Catch fish, don't catch fish, who cares? <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as you guys can tell, Joey Soundboard's here. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I know you enjoyed last week so much. Yeah. Well, we did get quite a bit of mail from that. Where's, I liked it. Where's that soundboard guy? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tonight we're going to uh, we're going to double down on sports. And we've been advised by most people that are listening that they don't like the sports so, podcast. So naturally. So naturally, you know, since that's one of the reasons that we started this. And, we're going to rock it again. Yeah. So we're going to go... We're going to go sports. We're going to talk kind of some general things because, you know, there's overlapping seasons is one of the the podcasts that we've done. And we've right. talked about uh, multiple things going on at the same time. And we're just bringing up the fact that that's happening right now. Right. It's just another good time period to actually come back to that topic. Yeah. yeah. You know, we we talked last week about basketball and this, this weekend is the final four. Also, the uh, NBA is kind of winding down. Right, going into the playoffs. Uh, so it's another week or so, and the playoffs will, will get started. And the NHL, the same thing. Yep. Uh, NASCAR has started, so they've had a few races. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah the, Daytona was a couple weeks ago, right? A few weeks, a month, uh, month yeah, ago maybe? Yeah, a month and a half ago. Interesting, the race uh, in Virginia this last week was snowed out. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, Virginia. Okay. Virginia's having a weird couple of weeks. Yeah, Martinsville. And guess who went to the race? Bobby Hillen. No, friends oh. of the show, John and Diane Casper. Oh, Ooh. they went to that race? They went to Martinsville. They're kind of doing this thing where they're going to some of the different races. You know, John's been a, a fan for a long time. Diane has put up with it for a long time. <laughs> Bless her heart. And, yeah. And so uh, this was the, the trip to Martinsville, which is one of the most historic yeah, sure. uh, of even, all the tracks. Even I know that. Sounds like it was a good time, though. Uh, I don't think so, because I did see they they posted a couple pictures. Yeah, uh, them in a hotel looking out at at the well. Race there's the yeah. There's that one. Uh, there's one of a uh, a microbrew pub that, okay. that they were sitting at. But the best one is them sitting in the bleachers, and they look like they're sitting somewhere, you know, Soldier north field. of field. Yeah, yeah, or in Alaska somewhere. I didn't know there was a NASCAR race in Fair in Anchorage. Yeah, or, yeah, there you go. But so that's going on right now. Okay. Uh, also, this is the first weekend of Major League Baseball. Right. That's right. Which so, is exciting. As you, know, you listen to this, it's uh, day two. Day two, yeah. Of a, of, I think it's 173,000 games or something like it, that. It's, it's 162 million. Million. Games. Gosh. They've upped that a little bit. Yeah, well, they're, they've extended the season just yeah. a bit this year. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> yeah. So we have all these things going on, uh, but one of the things, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, one of the things that's going on here next weekend is the Masters. Yeah, first major of the season. Oh, yeah. And we talked about that last year. Once again, Ryan couldn't make it. Yeah, he, so was, he was a he guest was, for that he one. He was a guest along with uh, TJC at the time. Yeah. Well, that the, old artist, the artist you know, previously fourth. known as TJC. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, but Ryan couldn't make it, so we're going to pick it up and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Masters and some of the exciting things that are going on. And I know what you're thinking. Golf, exciting? No. Right. Well, well, and you're right. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
you know, I totally get what you're thinking right now, but I guess the most exciting thing about what's going on in golf right now is, is Tiger's back. That's really why it's even interesting again, which is hilarious. I think that's what's, I mean, the, the years where golf has been talked about or has been, uh, blown up to being something that's popular, I guess, you know, to the masses is when Tiger has been at his best or when he's involved, I guess. Yeah. Well, he had a major impact on, Oh yeah. On the periphery, uh, fans, you know, the people that, that aren't, you know, the guys that, that are going out every Saturday and playing with their foursomes and they have a lot of other people coming in and watching. I think I've told a story last year about the first time I watched uh, tiger and you could see the crowd. It was in a, a tournament in Las Vegas. Yeah. And you know, here's a bunch of, you know, people that you normally don't see out at the golf course you know, with tank tops and jean shorts and wallet chains. and Yeah, right. it was really a happy Gilmore type of thing. when It he, seriously was. Yeah, when he got popular, all of a sudden the fans became, you know, yeah, exactly. Eclectic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice job. Yeah, yeah no problem. I'm, wow. I'm working on my vocabulary. I like it. Yeah. We'll have to get that one. Uh... <laughs> well, I, we we have a lot of ex- examples of, yeah. of the extensive vocabulary that, I have absolutely been an ace when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that's true. And I, I'm uh, slow on the draw because I was doing something else. But well, this, we, we were just this, talking this about this Joey soundboard thing. Pretty traverse. There's a good one. Oh yeah. Except for the the volume is down. It's BS, man. This is my favorite though. When when you're you're important and you're and you're drunk, that's when you have fun. <laughs> you just can't argue with the logic. Yeah. Is, is really why. You just nailed it. I try. Yeah. No, it's there's there's the you know, there's, there's the proof right there. Exactly. Proof's in the pudding. Exactly. So Tiger's back this year and you know, you have the normal cast of characters. That's the thing about golf, is these guys are all so rich that I don't think that they really care week in and week out. No, they don't. But Care it's about what? Winning. winning. I mean it, oh, oh yeah. There's like a handful of guys that, that probably do, of course, but yeah, you're right. It's for the most part they just don't. going out and having fun with your buddies and playing golf, playing well, and around, they, and they make so much money. You know, to be the I've said it forever. My dream in life would be to the to be the fiftieth ranked player on the PGA Tour. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you're probably making you know four or five million dollars. Yeah, no way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, easily, without ever winning. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to win. No, Off you, endorsements? No. Well, just, just a little just, bit, but just placing in, in the just, tournament, just the prize money. Yeah. Top 10 finishes. Wow. Yeah. You win a, you win a golf tournament and virtually any tournament anymore, every single tournament throughout the year, it pays over a million dollars. Dang. Thanks to tiger. Yeah. To the, to the winner. And then as it goes down, you know, that's really the interesting thing is, and you, and you don't always get to see it on TV. And that's the unfortunate thing about the TV coverage is they don't always show the guys that aren't playing well. And that's what's fun to watch. Right. And also the guys that are, you know, not the millionaires, you know, and because you have to cover your own costs unless you have investors and there's a whole thing with that. But, you know, you see some guy that's on 18 and he's got a four foot putt. Well, he could drop three places. Yeah. If he misses it. Or if it's on Friday, he could miss the cut. You know? Right. And yeah. then you get nothing because yeah. if you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. Oh, okay. So. But those are the guys, you know, those marginal players, those borderline players where guys, you know, I mean, he's just, he's just shaking, shaking over this yeah. four foot putt yeah. because it, you know, it's the difference of it's a maybe make or break. 
Well, it's a but. difference of maybe, you know, $12,000 or, or $18,000. Oh, Dang. yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's crazy. And it's $12,000 putt. It's really cool when you see, especially the big tournaments on the PGA Tour, you know, not just the majors, but the, the, the big draw tournaments where, well, since we're talking about it, Tiger's in it, you know, now he's back and any tournament he's in gets a little bit more of a bump. But, you know, just like Steve's talking about, you've got the guy that's going to finish ninth, right? And right. you never heard of him. And he's, but he's got this coverage because he's in one of the three or four last groups on Sunday. And so you get to watch him play a little bit and you're right. He, he's up there and it's like this putt, the difference between seventh and ninth is yeah, $25,000 or something. Yeah. Well, and then also you're looking at the bigger picture. You see a guy that's, that's on the leaderboard and you know, basically that comment is saying that he's in the top 20 because the, the posted leaderboard. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you get a guy that's, you know, maybe fourth or fifth playing out of his mind for three days. And then he goes out on that last day and it all goes away. So you never see him on TV other than in the background of the guys he's playing with. Well, because while the, Dustin Johnson is trying to learn. Right. Yeah. There's some guy that's, that's six under and his final round is going to win the tournament and he's playing with somebody and they don't even mention who it is. Right. And it's some guy that just spent $180,000 that day yeah. with a poor round. Yeah. He wasn't able to keep it together. Because his putter wasn't working for him that yeah, day. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, he went from from ninth or 10th or wherever he happens to be to being, you know, 43rd. And the that, amount of money that he spends that day. Dang. And that's just something that they don't really show. Well, and you see that a lot with uh, even front runners, guys that lead the tournament for, you know, a couple of days or go into the, f the last day in one of the last two groups even, you know. And it's like... Oh man, and they you know shoot a seventy four and finish seventeenth or something and yeah. <laughs> well, the guys that are always up there, you know, you don't feel bad for Jordan Spieth, you know, missing a couple cuts and this and that because you know the guy's already a multimillionaire, right? He, I mean, he's, he's a star. He, yeah, he's a star, and he's going to make his money. Yeah, it's that guy that never had a chance before. You know, who who's a great golfer. If you went out and watched him play, it's like, wow, this guy just hits the ball. Right? Oh yeah. He's the best golfer he ever knew until he made it to the PGA tour. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and then all of a sudden he puts it together, you know, the Cinderella story. And it's great when that, you know, the guy, you know, finishes it out and, you know, ends up in the top 10 and, and all of the exemptions that you get, which is the other thing that's huge with getting into tournaments. You have to be a certain place on the money list. There's the whole backstory behind professional golf. You know, that's just one of the stories that you really don't see yeah. and hear about. They do a pretty good job sometimes of of mentioning that, especially at the majors. You know, the guys that are sort of coming out of nowhere and they're not going to win or maybe even finish in the top 10. But it seems like they do a pretty good job of acknowledging, you know, oh, hey, this guy from nowhere, if it's a good story like that, you know, is now going to finish in the top 20 and this gets him an exemption to, you know, next year's majors and whatever. And I've, I've seen that story put out there once or twice. And it's, it's yeah. always what you were talking about earlier. It's the, one of the more interesting stories they don't do nearly enough. It's nice to see the acknowledgement. Yeah. You know, not just talking about, but they like the give it a names. little blurb and then they're like, and now back to tiger. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you got to make your money. Yeah. That well, and that's where they do it. And man, he, uh, if he's anywhere near anything, they just, they follow him and they talk about him and you know, they're loving it right now. I'll tell you. Oh that. yeah. Yeah. When he came back, there was a, a lot of skepticism because he tried a half a dozen different comebacks at different points. 
and never really did much. But, you know, all of a sudden he was in contention in a couple tournaments and, you know, he actually looked pretty good. Yeah. So that's always a big boost. He's, you know, and, and then it's like we always talk about with, with golf on TV. You know, if they cut to some guy that they haven't been covering, right? he's making the putt that he just hit. Yeah. Exactly. This isn't, they're not going to show him one time missing right. the shot. Yeah, it's not something that lips out. No. You know, yeah. so there's always that. An hour into the Sunday coverage. And now to Luke Donald on 18 with a 43-foot putt to go to one over. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Click. Yeah. If you're sitting around with a bunch of people watching that, throw five on him. Yeah, I bet throw, he makes it. Throw five on the ground that, okay, he's going to make this. I yeah. know he is. Yeah. Because it's a pretty good bet. That's right. And like we've talked about before, and I don't want to belabor any of the points, but the idea that I wish they would show more of all the shots. Because there's a lot of bad shots that are made. And if it isn't a guy in the lead, you really don't show it. You know, know, it's just, it's it's one of my favorite things. You know what would be a good idea is if they put together a little sizzle reel, you know, maybe at the end. Or, you know, on Sunday, you know, halfway through the round, they cut to, and now, you know, the worst of the tournament or something like that. And it's just a 90-second. Like a shacked in the shacked in a fool kind of thing. Just <laughs> Well, exactly, with a number of. A compilation of all the duffs and chunks and water and yipped putts. And the reactions and <laughs> yeah. whatnot from oh, the yeah. players. And here, now to make you all feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they don't do that. That's make a, you all feel human again. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's probably the same reason that, you know, why Tiger's so popular is because most people that are watching don't actually play. They just find, you know, they want to see the the good and the drama and the, oh my gosh, or I I don't know. Well, it's like the commercials. These guys are good. Yeah. And it shows them doing just ridiculous things. I do like those commercials. I I haven't seen one in a while. So I've got uh, favorites at the Masters, speaking of the Masters. So today is the first day, right? No. No, it's next weekend. Oh, next Next Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it starts Thursday the 5th. Uh, and so the favorites right now are Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy at 8-1. to one. Okay. Bubba isn't? Nope. He's 14-1. Uh, to one. Wow. Tigers 17-2, to two, which is, you know, basically 8.5-1. to one, or Yeah. Not you near know, whatever that amounts to. Just, Math whiz. Yeah, yeah Justin Thomas is nine to one. Spieth twelve to one. But the aforementioned Bubba at fourteen to one, and then it gets not that interesting. Uh, other than Phil Mickelson, sixteen to one. Hmm. And then if I were a betting man, I like Ricky Fowler at twenty to one. Yeah, Fowler's won some tournaments. He's been good. He's over the years. He's real good, and he's always kind of there. He is. He's a good majors player because yeah. it's a, it's a totally different situation when you play the majors. They're just more difficult. Now, he's the one that always wears the bright colors. Yeah, Puma. Puma. Yeah, Puma. Or yeah. Orange Puma it used to be. I don't know if he's still doing that or not. I've seen him in pink. I've seen him in different Yeah, it's all kinds colors. of different yeah. colors and things. He's the, the fashion guy. He's the wild child. <laughs> yeah, he used to have the long hair sticking. He used to look like a 12-year-old punk. He's the Dennis like- Rodman of, of <laughs> golf. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> he's kind of the anti-Rodman. He's actually a really good guy. I guess I was talking fashion more than yeah. He's a, a yeah. Little... You're right. I mean, you can't really say Dennis Rodman and not talk about the attitude. And the... <laughs> yeah, he's not a jerk as Persona. far as anybody can tell. Yeah, he's part of that group, the Golf Boys. I don't know yeah. if they've done anything recently, but it was him and Bubba and uh, Ben Crane. Ben Crane was the mastermind behind that. Yeah, the the guy who never wins anything. But uh, he's trying to just well, he's a perfect along. example. Well. But he, he makes money off of YouTube. He makes money, you know, every once in a while you'll see him up there in, yeah. in some tournament, you know, and he'll cash a, you know, a $300,000 check and 
You know, oh yeah, it, he's doing fine. Yeah, it is. There's so many ways to make money in that. Although he's and he's hilarious. Yeah. You know, he's just really funny. He is. He's, he. I anointed him about five years ago my new favorite golfer because he makes these uh, YouTube videos where he he wears like a motorcycle helmet or something and like a jumpsuit and runs around with a GoPro on the golf course doing ridiculous things. And then him and those other guys make the, the music videos. Yeah. And, yeah. It's pretty cool. Is he on your list? Is, no, uh, Ben Crane apparently is not in the field. I don't think that he would get into the masters. He well, he'd have to play his way in, you know, he'd have to qualify. He certainly doesn't have any kind of exemptions or invitations because he's, yeah, I mean, he's not he's even ben the 50th. Crane. He's not even the 50th ranked golfer. He's probably the 150th ranked golfer. Gotcha. Well, like we talked about, when you get one of these guys that are, you know, borderline players, you know, that aren't up there every week, and when they get a chance to win, and you're, you know, you're watching, and maybe they miss a putt, you know, or somebody does something and and gets them in the end, it's such a huge thing for them. It's not a big deal for all the names that you had because they have all the exemptions, they have all the money, they have. They'll be in the next tournament. Yep. That that's not that big a deal for them. But if you're, you know, Joe Average. You know, if you're Spike McRoy <laughs> right. from earlier podcast, if you're Spike McRoy and all of a sudden you get a chance to win and you win that, there's exemptions for 10 years for winning a tournament. Yeah, it's not just the big check, which is, of course, the nicest part, but the immediate result is is getting that, you know, exemptions one, for that tournament, that tournament, other tournaments. When you win a tournament, you get into the Masters, you get into the U.S. Open. Oh, wow. It opens doors all over the place. Okay. And so it's it's huge, even though. The difference between first place and second place, you know, maybe it's, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. The guy still wins 800 grand. Right. But he doesn't get the exemptions. Uh, and that's where that world is is just really bizarre. Yeah. And especially for that guy that, that isn't there all the time. You know, makes, he just happens yeah, to play out of his mind. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to try and find out actually uh, what the, because I think you get a tour card. If you win a tour event, you get a tour card for... Maybe it is ten years or something weird, like five it, years. It probably. used to be. It used to be ten years. Yeah, it used to be that that you were you were set for quite a while. And there were certain golfers that you would watch that didn't seem to do much, but they're you know they're playing this the schedule of, of getting a chance to play in all these. Well, and uh, it's top. It's like a top ten finish. You know, gets you a certain thing, and a top twenty finish gets you a certain thing. So yeah, it's changed a bit over the years, but there's. There's a lot more to it. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, you know, and then there's the travel, you know, and again, going to these, you know, different tournaments and, you know, you have the West Coast swing and you have the, you know, Hawaii and then Florida. And now they're in Texas, I think, for a few tournaments and then they go on to the next. Prestige. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I found a thing that says winning a, a major. If you win the Masters, you're in the Masters for life. So that's there's that. You win it once and you can always go to the Masters and you're in the U.S. Open the British Open and the PGA for five years. If you win the U.S. Open, you get to go there for 10 years, Masters for five, everything else for five. You get a five-year exemption on the PGA Tour for winning a major, and you can pretty much set your schedule for two years, it says, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that's kind of interesting, but, you know, it's it's fun to watch the Masters. It, it is the only tournament, the only major that is played at the same venue every year. It's played at Augusta. Yeah, Augusta National, the, the so, greenest golf course in the world. Yeah. Certainly seems like it. Really? So all the other ones, they change? Yeah. they The U.S. Open, the British Open, and... Sorry, player... Uh, no, no, the PGA. No, the PGA Championship. PGA Championship. The players is like considered the fifth. Okay. 
But it's not. But it's not. The, they the they made fifth, that up. The fifth is the Phoenix Open. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. hates the Phoenix Open. I love it. They're starting to embrace it more now. They are, but they every year there's somebody bitching about it. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. Then don't come. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it it doesn't really seem to affect attendance. No, right. they break the record when, every when, year. When Tiger decided not to come back, it really wasn't even a hiccup. No. You they, know, that thing has just grown. Talk about Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that <laughs> place is just crazy. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's the most anti-golf, you know, golf tournament ever. <laughs> yeah, I figure it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's fun. And, and you're right. Most of the players embrace it. You know, it's the famed 16th hole. Yeah, the par three. Is you know it's they build a stadium basically around it. Yeah, they get it's insane. Like Sixty thousand people around one hole. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it just it's it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Sounds terrible to just sit there in a stand and not and like watch one hole. I mean, I know I've, you've talked about in the past of you know it's a different experience watching from one hole as opposed to following a group of golfers throughout the, you know the tournament. Right, but. I mean, I don't. I guess I haven't seen how comfortable they are or anything. It just sounds like that would wouldn't be very fun to be, you know. Oh, it's actually with very comfortable. People it's, next to you, and it's more comfortable sitting there than it is at a Diamondback game. Okay, it's, the chairs are comfortable. There's free drinks if you're in one of the good tents. It's not free like, food. It's not like and, going to like a, a college stadium where it's just like benches and like bleachers. You're just going to sit in. No, do they have? I haven't been there ever actually. Do they have a bleacher section or what's like the gen pop <laughs> of the 16th hole? Cause there's, yeah, you're right. They have all the, the special tents that are around it too. Right. No, I think that there's, yeah, you can just, it's first come first serve. You just yeah. go up and, and sit down. I don't know. In stands. And then they've yeah. got a guy that probably comes by and serves beer, like much like a, like a baseball like game, a ball game. I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know if they have, Vendors that, that come up in the stands. Yeah, he's coming around and just holding up a sign. It says cold beard here. Apparently not. So if you want to, uh, if you really want to make some money betting on the Masters, I also like Heinrich Stenson at 45 to 1. That guy hits the ball better than anybody else on tour as far as iron shots. He just can't putt, and that's a problem. That's a big part yeah. of the game. Well, and that's the thing about golf and betting on golf and why it is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Because you you just don't know who's no. going to jump up and start playing well. Any of the names that you mentioned, if they get on a roll, can win the tournament. You know, well, it just it, it can happen, and they each one of them can end up you know in thirtieth place. Exactly. You just don't know. I mean, you get the guys over the years like the the Mike Weirs and uh, Zach Johnsons of the yeah. world who have won the Masters, and these are you know. These are guys that haven't really done much else. They've been solid players in their careers, but right. You know, I mean that that it, I feel like that helps in a lot of ways, but you know, it could hurt a sport with not having you know dominance. Not, I mean, obviously, Tiger in the past has done that, and I feel like that was something that helped golf. But I think that that would be something that I would love to see more in other sports. You know, is is less or more? It's the un, unknown. You know, like not parity. Yeah, it's like it's you know you know that it's either going to be Houston or Golden State coming out of the West in the NBA, like that or that you know that's the supposed favorites and everything. Right. Where you know there might be some favorites. Obviously, there's different odds when it comes to the different golfers. But as you guys said, anything can happen with those, and you know anyone can have a bad day. Right. Well, the best odds are eight to one right now. Right. I think that 
you know, a lot of that obviously has to do with it being a, a singular person as opposed to being a right. team. Right. You know, because anyone can have an off day. Yeah. It's a field of 70 golfers this week or whatever the mess. Yeah. 77 or something. Like but that. if, you know, Kevin Durant has an off day, you know, Steph, Steph Curry is going to go ahead and, and pick, it, pick up that slack. And right. they're still going to win. And that's what makes them dominant. But I would love to see that. You know, I think that that's cool that golf has that and that, that it's, you know, different people winning all the time. Well, I think definitely the NBA has lost that. Totally. When you have the same teams the making The NFL it, has lost that. Not so much. You know, a couple of years ago, Philadelphia wasn't any good at all. Yeah. And then they win the Super Bowl. The, the NFL is actually one of the easiest to go worst to first. Right. You know, I think that you, you look at, okay, other than New England and them being involved in it so often. But, you know, there's a lot of different teams that have jumped up and, you know, made it to the playoffs and, and even making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, but basketball is almost impossible, you know, to get through the elite teams that they've put together. Right. You know, these groups of, of superstars that now, because the NBA and trying to save themselves from themselves have now made max contracts. And so the money's the same pretty much anywhere. Nobody's throwing the gigantic contracts out there like they can do in baseball. You know, so gosh, if I'm going to get this much money, you know, if I'm going to get $900,000 for playing a basketball game and I get $800,000 for playing for them, I'm going to go with a super team for 800 grand per game and win a championship. Well, I'm sure they get bonuses too for winning championships. I mean, that has to be in the contract as well. I would think. Yeah. Well, know? there there are some that are, that are incentive laden yeah. contracts, but for, you know, a max contract, I don't really think it matters. Yeah, I don't know anything about the structure of NBA contracts. Maybe it's more when it comes to that, like personal-based accomplishments, such as like all-star team. If you make the all-star team, you would get a bonus or right. different things like yeah. that, as opposed to like a team accomplishment. Yeah, maybe there's statistic, you know, based. Yeah, there. well, there things. always has been in the past, you know, again, but the, the NBA now is kind of, they've created the situation that they have. You know, in the East, you have just the situation with LeBron. So whatever team LeBron's on. Right. You know, it's kind of a weaker conference, but he's just so good. That's the, crazy. And what the other thing that's crazy is he's been in the league for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, Well, I think he, what, was he nine when he came into the league? And, and he looked 10. like he was 40. <laughs> yeah, he was already, you know, driving. Yeah, he's, and, yeah, he's nine, you know, and he's already <laughs> tatted up with you know, shaving, you know, twice a day. Right. I think he's a bit of a freak. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I saw something today that was talking about that, 20% of people in the Hall of Fame ha even lasted 15 years. So 80% of the Hall of Fame did not even last 15 years. And 15 that, years is a long career. It's a long career in the and, NBA. And at 15 years, he's raising his averages, career averages on every single stat. When it comes to points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, field goal percentage, everything. It's just insane, you know, to think of the, yeah, I mean, we may never see anyone like LeBron ever again. Well, you know, and, and I'm one for, you know, giving due to the players in the past and, you know, what Wilt Chamberlain was able to do and, you know, Bill Russell and, and some of the players in the past. And of course, you know, the aura around Michael Jordan. Right. And everybody, you know, just anoints him the greatest basketball player of all time. But the fact is when it's all said and done, and everybody's past, you know, LeBron playing and, and right. you know, looking that, back at his whole career. When you look back at the history, no one's going to touch him. No. Because of what you're talking about. You know, just how long 
he and the longevity the, the longevity of his career how long he's played how much he has improved yeah but not only that it's no matter what team he's on right you know he's been to the finals what seven years eight years in a row mm-hmm. is it really that yeah. many years yeah. in a row that many years in a row with with different teams yep. you know with you know with uh well, cleveland miami. was miami and with miami but the players on those teams are drastically different and have changed Every did year, he it seems like did uh the first it uh go around with cleveland did he ever get to the finals yes. i think so yes, yes. he did they and he did. lost Absolutely. yeah they lost yeah i know they didn't win they didn't win until he got to the first maybe the first super team right i believe when he got to the finals it was when he was actually playing against uh the celtics for, it was the first time they had played against the celtics or he had played against the well, celtics that with no, the it would have been that's the east yeah that would have been the east would have been the west finals so he lost to somebody from the West. Well, if, if Cleveland oh, made it right, all okay. the way to the finals, which maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't, Adam. Maybe he lost to... I thought he did. Boston. I think he did. Maybe If I'm we just right, had yeah. somebody with a phone that could look that stuff up. But, right. oh, man, that would be nice. But <laughs> anyway, so but it's been amazing. I mean, his, his run has been amazing. Now, something you have to factor in, and I just, you know, thinking about how is he able to do that? Well, you know, how long would Wilt have been able to play with today's technology in health and you know keeping your body you know at tip-top shape and in the different ways that well what sports medicine where sports medicine has come from from what it used to be exactly you know people are able to take care of their body in different ways that maybe could make 15 years more manageable than you know yeah well and, and wilt for his period of time was a phenom right i mean he was seven foot two and you look the at some of the film when he was playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, he's, he's as athletic as anything, as any big man that you see now. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people that, that remember Wilt, they remember him towards the end of his career when he was with the, the Lakers and he was kind of plodding a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it was just a big oaf that was bigger than everybody. Right, it's like Sabonis. You know, if you only knew Sabonis from playing with the Blazers, it's, it's probably a, didn't think much of it. Well, he still was a dominant player and he still, you know, uh, again, was really good, but he nothing. He was a shadow of what he was. You wouldn't compare him to the greats when he was younger. Yeah. And Wilt, you know, just was athletic and was amazing and dominated. You know, I heard something the other day they were talking about that nobody, who was it? Uh, Dwight Howard had a game where it was yeah, 30 and 30, 30 and 30. People and, hadn't done that since Wilt. Well, and, and Wilt used to get 25, 30, 35 rebounds a night, every well, night. So there's been maybe 10 to 15 other instances that of players, certain players that have gotten that number, you know, gone 30 and 30 when it comes to rebounds and points. And Wilt Chamberlain had 136 times in his career he got 30 and 30. <laughs> yeah. You know, insane. so it's just like, what? That is the most insane stat I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, well, who was it that averaged a triple double for their career? It wasn't Will. Oscar Robinson. Yes, Oscar that's Robertson. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I will say though, one of the things. Nice job, by the way, Adam. I know my basketball. Good. One of the things that you know has to be talked about is that you know Wilt was seven two, and the average center in the NBA for a lot of his career was six seven, six eight. I saw a thing the other day where they were talking about uh, Wes Unsell. Who? Yeah, it was Washington Bullet Center, and he was a an all star. Okay, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, and he was yeah, he was a big guy, but I don't think he was six six. Wow. Well, how big was uh, Bill Russell? Bill Russell was six ten. Yeah, 
So he's pretty big. Yeah. So he was slight compared to Wilt. I mean, as far as, you know, Bill Russell was thin. Right. Gotcha. I think at the end of the day, to your point, that LeBron will be looked at as, you know, wow, you know, maybe he won't have as many championships. You know, he's certainly not going to get as many as Bill Russell. Yeah. As far as an impact player, as far as somebody that is, has changed the game, you know, he's right up there. I mean, to me, the other person that I would talk about that totally changed the game other than Wilt, Magic Johnson. Yeah. As 6'10 point guard. Yeah, that was nuts. He was sort of LeBron before LeBron. Yeah. And, you know, his first year, his rookie year, Kareem gets hurt in the finals. And he has to play center. And he plays center and, you know, scores yeah. 35 points and gets 15 rebounds. Right. You know, so you does go, the unthinkable. It happens all the time. And you I, move your point guard to the center. Yeah, of course. And yeah. and they win the game. Iver- Iverson out. did it. I mean, oh, it, was, yeah. Yeah, it was a cliche. Well, but, Iverson was an off guard. <laughs> so he couldn't have done it, you know. But oh, it, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Muggsy Bogues, that's who I was trying to think of. Yeah. Muggsy yeah. Bogues went from center to, or point guard to center. Yeah, that would have been interesting. <laughs> I remember uh, I hated the Lakers so much when Magic, you know, played. Yeah. Because I, I was a big Celtics fan and Bird and McHale and. Uh, just not to be racist, I also like Dennis Johnson and Robert Parrish. So yeah, oh good, <laughs> way to cover yourself. Yeah, and Danny Ainge. Damn it! All right, I was so close. Yeah, you. Oh, and their sixth man was uh, Bill Walton. Son of a gun. Yeah, never mind. I can't find any relevant stats on LeBron James as far as the the Cavs. And how many, whether they did or didn't go <laughs> to the finals. I believe so, it was two thousand. You know, and this is why we've moved. <laughs> we've moved Joey into the soundboard and yeah. put him on the mic more because as a an executive producer and somebody that's a stat guy for us, he falls way short. Yeah, it's it's, it's not sad. good. Okay, so one of the other things that's going on right now is the uh, Major League Baseball, right? And you know, it started uh, yesterday. The Yankees won six to one. Yay, go Yankees! They're uh, in first. They're in first. They're actually winning four to one today. Okay. And they're an interesting story because, you know, there's a huge change. And I know that, you know, either you love the Yankees or you hate the Yankees. It's one of those that franchises. That's a fact. That it's not, and we've talked about this in the past, that you don't really care. You, oh, know, yeah. you either don't like them or you love them. You know, one of the things that, you know, a few years ago, the Yankees, they hadn't really been winning. And Cashman, who was the general manager, decided that midseason – and the Yankees, since the 70s, when Steinbrenner bought the team, have never been sellers at the trading deadline. Yeah. Two years ago, he decided that he was going to trade away some of the players that were, their contracts were coming up or they were assets that were tradable. And he got a bunch of young prospects Yeah. with this and kind of changed everything, got rid of some big contracts. It was kind of, okay, well, they're going to they're gonna change over now. Okay, so now we're going to look at, at a rebuilding well, rebuilding for the Yankees lasted not quite a year. Right. Because last year they made it in the, into the playoffs. Uh, they played the play-in game. Last year was supposed to be a rebuilding year, right? Right. It was a bunch of young kids. So right. you had Aaron Judge and and you had... Uh, Bird. Bird uh, was hurt most of the year, but Sanchez. Yeah. You know, you just had, you had a bunch of young guys that were coming up and a lot of prospects, but they made it to game seven of the uh, ALCS. American League Championship Series. So they're one game away from going to the World Series, and now they go out and get Stanton, right. who was the National League MVP. Yeah. Wait, the Yankees did this? Yeah. That is so strange and not like them at all. Well, and here's the interesting thing. Hater. 
is that, yeah, yeah, you can see how that falls here. Yeah. I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. Hey, don't worry about it. We're used well, but to the it. funny thing is, is that their payroll is, I believe, eighth this year, and they're like $60 million under Boston. Boston's $220 million, and the Yankees are $160 million, which is well under the luxury tax. Yeah, they still have money to spend. They do. Which they're trying to find a starting pitcher, I and they, believe. Yeah, they have a lot of young players. And, you know, it's, it's like with any sport, you know, until you've been in the major leagues for a certain amount of time, you don't get the big money. So someone like Aaron Judge and Sanchez, these guys are going to get paid big money down the road. Right. And it's traditional that the Yankees keep their best players. Well, assuming they uh, continue to perform, of course. Right, yeah. right of course. Yeah. But Miami, they took advantage of, of Miami wanting to shed payroll, and Stanton was their highest paid player. And so the Yankees said, sure, we'll take him. And they got him for virtually nothing. Yeah. They just had to pick up his salary, which is big. Right. But they had gotten Rightfully rid of Rightfully so. I mean, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. 59 home runs last year. Uh, so his first game, he came out, and, you know, all the pressure. His first at bat, he hit a home run. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Well, of course. And a, and a right center, ex, exit velocity of, you know, 119 miles an hour, one of the hardest hit Jeez. balls, uh, the hardest hit ball to the opposite field. I think he field. had a little tension built up for that one. Uh, his next at bat, he got a double and drove in a run. And his next at bat, or his last at bat in the game, he hit another home run to center field. Jesus Christ, he went three for three? Sorry, Alex. Oh. <laughs> no, he went three for four and drove in four runs. You know, I mean, it just, what a great way to start. Wasn't the first pitch thrown this season a home run? Yeah, yeah. Like in all of baseball, all of yeah. Baseball. The first, oh. yeah. The first Miami against the Cubs, the first pitch of this baseball season, a uh, Cub hitter cranked it out, cranked it out for a home run. Who's Miami? What do you mean Miami? The Marlins. Miami Marlins. They called the Miami Marlins. Yeah, they're not Florida Marlins anymore. Or? No, they're Miami. Oh, they have Miami across their chest. They do. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's how much. Attention. Derek Jeter actually is is the lead owner in that team. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. So you kind of like the well. There was a now uh, Miami Marlins. Well, what's funny is there was a lot of comments at the time when Jeter and his group gave away Stanton, Stanton to the to, to the, the Yankees. Yankees. Uh, that's We're going to good... trade him, you know, for you know three hot dogs, a beer, and you know a box of popcorn. Yeah, but those are good conspiracy hot dogs. match. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. So that stuff goes on, but yeah, they've got. They've got this lineup that is power crazy, and that's kind of where baseball is going to, you know, home runs and strikeouts. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you strike out, you know, 100 times anymore. You know, if you're hitting, you know, 30 or 40 bombs, go ahead and strike out. Well, there's such power when it comes to hitting and pitching as well that I think these days it is easier for some guys to hit that home run. And when you have that kind of ability to do that, I mean, trying to – hit a, a, a player in, you know, they got a single and just trying to inch his way over base to base. It just is unpractical these days. Small ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and really the difference is, is that people don't cut their swings down anymore. I said you know, unpractical. You, I meant impractical. Sorry. That's all right. Vocabulary. You, nailed it. you we, nailed it. We got up in Adam's head about his vocabulary before yeah, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, really what you see is that a guy that, you know, it used to be that Okay, you get two strikes on you, you choke up a little bit, and you cut your swing down. They don't do that. You just try to make contact. Right. If I hit the ball somewhere, then they've got to make a play. If I just swing through it, then nobody has to make a play, 
and they get to sit there and rest. And, yeah, they, there's no chance for an error. Right. And what that was always the concept, but now it's it doesn't matter if you have two strikes. You know, hang on to the knob and swing as hard as you can. Which you know, with what you're saying, they switched it basically from a you know make the other team lose, you know, make them beat you to kind of beating yourself, you know, like we're going to put the ball in our hands kind of thing. Yeah. I suppose. Is that, is that something as a result of all that, uh, you know, money ball stuff or no, this is different than that. You know, I, I don't know the, the chances with how good pitching is and the bullpens. Now your ability to, to get three or four hits in a row to score a run is much less likely than one swing. Yeah. So why not? So yeah, it must be. I mean, baseball's become so analytic and at, stat at, based. Exactly, everything is analytics. Yeah. If you do this, what happens? Where Where do the numbers lead it? Yeah, right. Well, if they and say I, if you swing away, then maybe that's what it says. Yeah, I mean, if you have two outs and two strikes on you, you can still score. Yeah, you know, if you can hit a home run, uh, as opposed to you know, if you do get a single, you know, now you need a couple other guys to get singles. They they still must adjust to the situations that dictate that you you choke up and you try and put one in you know play because where a home run doesn't do you any good because there are those situations you know? where you need base runners you need you, more than one run yeah you need a rally absolutely that's an intangible thing and I bet old school baseball guys go nuts about this you know all these changes but I mean it seems maybe this maybe the analytics don't bear this out either but it seems like yeah the rally is where you win. Not you're not going to get guys to come up and hit three home runs in a row, but you might get a single and uh, a walk and and a you know a three run shot or a yeah. Or a well, double. that used to be yeah. that Earl Weaver with Baltimore, you know that was his things. It, you know was you know a walk, a base hit, and a three run home run. Yeah, right. You know there you go. That's, and and so yeah, there's there's a lot of that. There's there's the analytics. There's looking at it in different ways. And if you're you know if you're a player that has you know, warning track power, it really doesn't do you any good to swing away and, you know, nail one out to have a guy catch it three feet in front of the, the fence. Right. You know, you're better off if you're speed guy, you know, I mean, you can go back to major league. Yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes, you know, don't pop the ball up, you know, you doesn't matter how fast you are if the ball's caught in the air. Right. Put it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I, I just, baseball can be, fun and interesting if you get into those situations even in april and may and june you know where i could give two craps about anything baseball but watching a game you know in a vacuum is interesting if you get some of that that fun little strategy in the small ball that you you know mentioned earlier right and well and that's the interesting thing about baseball for me one of the reasons that it's difficult for me the transition where basketball is up and down it's go it's you start, you tip it off, and you play to the to the buzzer, and it's solid action, and let's go. And if your team doesn't play well, you know, you're, yeah. I, I hear some people yell at the TV or get upset about that. Did I've never really? been around those kind of people, and uh, I don't know anything about them. Sounds absurd. You know, they, they sound horrible to me. Yeah, they just sound horrible. <laughs> but you go from that, watching that, to baseball. And baseball is all about relaxing. It's all about, you know, there's no moment that can't be recovered from, you know, even if you give up a home run early, you know, you can still pitch a good game. You, you know, if you, you don't score when you get this opportunity, it's not like it's over. Take a breath and a make sure you're there for game, the next play. 
they're trying to make an attempt, and I really hope that they succeed in some ways of moving the game along. Because, you know, watching a four-hour, nine-inning baseball game is tedious at best. It's it's horrible. You know, a baseball game should last a couple hours. Yeah, two and a half hours. Let's get out of here. Yeah. You know, let's get going. The idea of, of you know, getting out of the batter's box constantly, uh, the idea of a pitcher taking forever. You know, this year they've changed, so now they're saying you can only make six trips to the mound. So the catcher can't go running out there after every third pitch to talk to the pitcher. I like that. I so, do too. So now it's, you know, it's six trips to the mound. Yeah, figure it out. Jesus. You get the whole, and they, you know, they're they've been playing around with a, a pitch clock, saying that okay, you know, you start the pitch clock when the pitcher has the ball on the mound, and he's got to pitch it within this many seconds. I love I that. Just, yeah, but what would be the penalty? A walk, uh, or at least a ball. A ball, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So if you don't throw, it's you know, it's ball one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. well, you forfeit the game. That's it. You know, everybody you walks off. Everybody walks. You're off. kicked out of the league. <laughs> but they're trying to do things to keep it moving. Now, obviously, all sports are considered slow now, and, and the common denominator is TV. Yeah. yeah. Commercials to instant replay even on a lot of different sports that are coming in. Well, that much, that's, yeah, they went the other direction because baseball recently instituted replay stuff in the last few years, right? They've been bringing in some replay things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I don't care one way or the other, but it was a big deal. Well, yeah, and, that's and, for like people and, like tagging, like tagging um, the player, right? So like right. If someone's so, sliding in, you want to see if the they it, hit. The it ball. started off. Yeah. The first thing was a home run. Right. Did the ball go over the fence, or was it fair or foul? Oh. Okay, so that was the first thing that that we can watch this, and it goes back to the 2001 World Series, you know, where the the kid reached over and grabbed Jeter's, you know, home run. I think that was a World Series or a playoff game. But anyway, so, you know, you get this kid that, that reaches over onto the field and grabs the ball while he was given a home run. Well, it shouldn't have been a home run. It didn't reach the seats. So that's really where it started. And then as in all things, it's like, well, what else can we look at? Well, we can look at whether somebody is tagged or not. And we can look at, you know, whether somebody catches the ball. So there's just now it's expanded into more things. What about the play at uh, first base? Do they look at that or no? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. And, you know, the, the, the most egregious problem or, or circumstance I ever saw, and I think it was a Miami team, but a guy had thrown a no-hitter. And there's a ground ball for the final out, dribbled down the first baseline. And the pitcher runs over and he catches the ball, steps on the base, and two beats later, the runner hit first base. And for whatever reason, the umpire called him safe. You yeah. know, there, there was no recourse at that point. The guy just had a mental freeze right then, and he looked at it, and it wasn't like it was a bang-bang play. It wasn't even close. This right. was a couple years ago, right? Yeah, well, this, yeah, this yeah. has been quite a few years ago now. Yeah, I remember I remember this. But, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, why can't you change that? Because yeah. if you just call him out, because the next guy went out, right? but the guy lost the no-hitter. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that have... I remember thinking for a minute, well, that's sad, and right, why can't he just change it? Why can't he just say, oh, wait, never mind, my bad. Yeah, I like don't the know other umpires come well, over yeah. and they, you know, get together like, whoa, dude, like that was not the good call. Like, <laughs> what what, what happened, man? Are you okay? Do we need to take you to the hospital or something? You know, like that sort yeah, of thing exactly. where it's like, how would you possibly, I remember it being a, how could you possibly get that wrong? Yeah, do you have a stroke? <laughs> yeah, right, that's, that, right, exactly. <laughs> so they do have that as a replay. That's right. Well, anyway, but that, again, so now we're adding to the game instead of taking away time. 
Right. And again, I think what everybody's going to and what everybody wants is, okay, we don't mind the replay, but let's get it done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I mean, the players. Let's be efficient with it. It's the players. They're to blame. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. all of a sudden, yeah, they want to do things now. All of a sudden, if it goes into extra innings, they want to start the extra innings of the guy in second base. No. Wow, that's no, weird. No, just stop that. Yeah, that's just taking it too far. Yeah, so, that's, that's weird. All right. So, so baseball's happening. Well, you can't change just a you can't change things that are going to change the the stats drastically, right? Well, that's right, because deal. that's that's one of the things with baseball. Is, yeah, now you're messing with the Yeah, historically the the stats are are important, although steroids blew that out anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean by historically, 1997. Yeah, so and so so obviously baseball's happening, but what would be a sports podcast without mentioning the Ducks? Yeah. So we also have the spring camp coming up. They had five practices of the 15 that they can have. And then they had a break for finals. Right. And then spring break. But now they have uh, 10 more and then the spring game. So again, you know, the overlapping seasons. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's exciting to, there's always something going on when it comes to the Ducks or, you know, college that's why I love technology. You can always just follow it no matter what time of year. Yes. And we also have the NFL draft yep. coming up uh, the end of this month. So that's going on. And I think, you know, to close this out tonight, I do want to bring up something. And I, I think that if you go back to the archives and if you take Mr. Joe Cherry's take on what a catch should be <laughs> in the NFL has been adopted. And I don't know if, if uh, Goodell listens to the podcast. He may. I think he probably does. Uh, I don't know who listens, but I he think must. somebody took exactly what Joe said and said, here, and this is simple. It in. And that's what they've gone to. Is it it's, really? It is. I, didn't, I haven't even paid attention. No, it's you, if you have control of the ball and you get both feet down, it's a catch. then it's a catch. I love it. If you make a football move, which is, you know, you, you make. You plant your foot and go. In right. You, you turn, you, you do anything that is indicative of a, you know, a runner making a play, then that's it. It doesn't matter what happens when you roll out of bounds. It doesn't matter what happens when you hit the on your way home. It doesn't matter, you know, all the things that that created all of the problems on what a catch is, they've gotten rid of and they've simplified it. And when I read it, I was expecting to see, <laughs> you know, author TJC. I like it. Oh, yeah. Well, I, so on one part of me is so happy, you know, not only a, the narcissistic part that really does think that's what happened, but <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I called them. They said <laughs> that you verified it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then another part of me is like, well, of course, jackasses. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. It's like, why? Why did it ever go that far down that dark, dark road that it went down? No, it's and it, the, and they it, had it like ten years ago or something. Yeah, exactly. But again, when you when you start dissecting things there are times and i don't care what you're talking about if virtually any topic that if you look too closely and too deeply into it you can get confused and make a mess of it yeah it's the whole can't see the forest through the trees and all that it's yeah i mean if if you make eggs and you put a little salt on them and i'm pretty soon well, this was too. Uh, now you start counting the granules of salt that you use because at one point you made them perfectly. So now you, and all of a sudden now you're taking nine days to make yourself some scrambled eggs. If you just look too deeply at anything, it just makes a mess. Right. That's a really good. Wow, that was brilliant. It's a beautiful Thanks. analogy. Thank yeah. you. 
It's kind of why I'm here. Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think we can beat that. So, okay, that's uh, another sports one. We promise next week we will move on to another topic away from sports Thanks if we can think of one. Us. Right. You know, because I got to say, I'm kind of pissed off that nobody, and, and we've reached out, and, you know, Mike Rowe did this for years in Dirty Jobs, that, hey, you know, we're out of ideas. Yeah. And for us, no, we're not out of ideas, but we'd sure love we'll to never. hear from somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes it's a lot easier than on like Thursday afternoon going. So, uh... what are we going to talk about? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? We have this planned out. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, we have the next five years already set. But but if you want to get one in, but you want to get one in, you got to go quickly because those slots are filling up. Well, what we'll do is we'll slide yours in and bump ours out, right? And go. we we'll we'll make that commitment to to all of our listeners. So anyway, Adam's had another tough week and not feeling that well. But by golly, that when he set up and said, you know, the Juby take waits for no man. That's right. And uh, I cried a little bit. I did. Yeah. I did. I noticed that. Yeah. It's a commitment. I'm here for you guys. And I'm talking about the listeners, not you guys. No, of course. No, we know. Yeah, we, okay. we know. Cool. So, Joe, again. Thank you. Keep I working mean, on the soundboard. I don't know how to, you know. Why you keep inviting me back is one of the world's great mysteries, but thanks. Yeah, we'll figure it out eventually. And if you guys want, there's going to be more perspectives later. Good contest. 
make conference than love our best Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines Our love that makes no sense We who spend love at no expense We are a force of passion Creating a new faction Taking action, working hard Just for the satisfactions With the abilities to shine so bright That others want to fight Because our light is in their eyes Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies Don't remain mystified by their lies Can't trust us 